Guess who is coming to the rescue of the Democrat Party to fight the Texas pro-life law? The Satanists, <laughs> yep, who are taking legal action against Texas and arguing that abortion is a sacrament for them. The Biden administration channels their inner legion and also sues Texas for protecting babies. And a lot more black babies will be alive because of this law. South Dakota is exercising political power against the culture of death by banning mail-order abortions. And corporate America and the media unite by canceling and attacking the heretics of their theocracy. As more babies daily escape dismemberment in Texas, the demons scream and remind us that our national divide is far deeper than politics. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Welcome to the show today, friends. Thank you for tuning in. If you haven't given the show a rating and review yet, would you do that for us? That would really help us. Uh, we have a lot more people listening into the show, about 11,000 downloads a month right now. If that means anything to you or if you've been following the podcast and you've been with us on this journey, uh, that really means a lot to us. It helps us reach more people, and we really want to wake up the conservative, pro-life, Christian community who's sort of stood by and not done much, if anything at all, to engage the culture of death and save the pre-born and the country. We want to wake them up. We want to equip them to engage and make apathy a disgusting taste in their mouth. And that's why we talk about everything we talk about on this show. So would you do that for us? Hit five stars. Leave a review. It really helps us. So Satanists are now taking legal action to protect abortion as a sacrament. And I've been trying to tell the pastors and woke Christians on this show and in my speaking gigs that when you vote for Democrats or you refuse to get political because you don't want to compromise your witness, you are helping advance a satanic religion whose greatest sacrament is abortion. I've been saying this for literally months now. Well, guess what? The Satanist just proved me right. Not because I say so, but because the Satanists say so. The Texas Satanic Temple is taking legal action against the state of Texas for banning abortions at six weeks. And they are literally arguing that, quote, abortion is a sacrament. The Daily Wire, writing on September 7th by Tim Pierce, says the Satanists argue that the law restricts their right to free religious practice referring to abortions as a religious abortion ritual and, quote, a ceremony rooted in our deeply held beliefs. Oh, wow, shocking. It's, it's almost like it's an alternative communion. It's an alternative sacrament. Rather than accepting the broken body and shed blood of Christ for eternal life, they partake in the broken bodies and shed blood of babies for peace, for eternal life, because they believe in the words of the one they serve. The serpent in Genesis 3, who said, just eat that, disobey God, do it my way. God's holding out on you. He knows that if you do it my way, you'll be as gods, your own deity, right? So they say that the greatest lie the, dever, the devil ever pulled or trick he ever pulled was convincing us that he didn't exist. But I think the greatest trick he ever pulled was convincing us that we should be as gods. And abortion is that ultimate attempt to be our own deities and our own gods. The article continues and says, this ritual may be performed by our members. The Texas, our satanic temple writes, this is a ritual performed by our members as a way to fortify self-worth instill confidence, and provide spiritual comfort. 
Their statement continues and says, the performance of the satanic abortion ritual is protected by religious liberty laws. It, it, it exempts Satanists from fulfilling any medically unnecessary and unscientific requirement, such as mandatory waiting periods or unwanted sonograms that interferes with the practice of our ritual. I covered this on the podcast months and months ago, maybe a year or more ago, when a satanic temple sued I believe it was either Louisiana or Missouri. They sued a state that was passing pro-life laws, and this is the same argument they made. They said that this goes against our religious liberty. Part of our religion is the sacrament of abortion. You're compromising our religious liberty. Of course, this is a, a, the completely inverted understanding of what liberty is, and we'll get to that in a second. But this is their play. So listen, when the satanic temple is coming to the rescue of your political party to protect your greatest sacrament, maybe you should reevaluate your priorities in your spiritual life. But this comes in a long history of child sacrifice, right, to pagan gods in order to pursue peace and spiritual comfort and eternal life and blessings from the pagan gods that you're sacrificing children to. There's a Greek author by the name of Clitarchos. He was a historian of Alexander the Great in the mid-4th century BC. And he writes about child sacrifice to Kronos, who was sort of the Greek equivalent of Baal Haman. And he writes this. He says, the Phoenicians, and especially the Carthaginians, whenever they seek to obtain some great favor, vow one of their children, burning it as a sacrifice to the deity, if they are especially eager to gain success. So this is going way back, even before Christ, of course. And if you know your history at all, you'll know that child sacrifice is not the exception. Human sacrifice is, in fact, the norm. And abortion is the greatest example of how child sacrifice and human sacrifice has been normalized all throughout the world today. In fact, one could argue that abortion is the most dominant example of human sacrifice in human history because of how prevalent it is across the world and because of the number of lives sacrificed to our own gods ourselves. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods. Abortion is the ultimate fulfillment of the serpent's lie in Genesis 3, that we could be our own gods. And a god gets to decide who lives and who dies. And so this Greek author, Cletarchos, who was the historian of Alexander the Great, says that the Phoenicians and Carthaginians were sacrificing children to deities, especially if they were eager to obtain success. Or one might translate success as self-worth, self-fulfillment. Oh, what did the Satanic Temple website write? The ritual may be performed by our members as a way to fortify self-worth and instill confidence. Andrew White, who's an MD and MDiv, so a doctor and a theologian, wrote a phenomenal piece several years ago called Abortion and the Ancient Practice of Child Sacrifice in the Journal of Biblical Ethics and Medicine. And he also points to the spiritual side of human sacrifice. He says that it was the fulfillment of a vow before or after obtaining a special favor from the gods, a favor that brings blessing or success to the dedicant. This appears to be the most common reason 
for child sacrifice. Yes, it's, it's done in order to receive a blessing or favor from the God that you're sacrificing your child or human adult to. It's, it's done in order to receive a blessing. Or we might translate that as hmm, spiritual comfort from pagan deities. Oh, look at that. The Satanic Temple website, this ritual may be performed by our members as a way to provide spiritual comfort. You see, some things never change. And the honest pagans and the honest deacons in the religion of Satanism or secular humanism have admitted for a long time that, of course, abortion is a sacrament. Jeanette Paris, a pagan author in 1992, when I was one years old, wrote a book called The Sacrament of Abortion. Okay, wake up. Are you awake yet, woke pastors? Are you awake that the demons and the Satanists are saying that, of course, abortion is a sacrament? Maybe you should treat this political dispute as just a spiritual battle that masquerades as politics. Maybe you should take the political blinders off your eyes and see this battle for the alternative religion that it represents. And she writes in her book, The Sacrament of Abortion, that she says, I have drawn inspiration throughout this book from a guiding image, the Artemis of Greek mythology. Artemis was the goddess of childbirth. How inverted and sick is that? You're sacrificing and murdering babies in the womb before their birth to the goddess of childbirth. She says abortion is a sacrifice to Artemis. Abortion is a sacrament for the gift of life to remain pure in order to get success, a blessing in return. And she says in her book that our culture needs new rituals as well as laws to restore abortion to its sacred dimension, which is both terrible and necessary. You remember Cory Booker, the horrifically failed presidential candidate who said that abortion is a sacrosanct right. Well, what does sacrosanct mean? It means sacred. What does sacred mean? It means to declare something holy and worthy of worship. So abortion is the sacrament. It is the idol at which the culture of death worships because it enables them to convince themselves that they can be as gods. And so rather than sacrificing children to bronze idols or some cloud deity that floats around in the ether, they deify themselves into modern gods, fulfilling Satan's greatest lie and trick that we could be as gods. But you see, Satan doesn't care the name of the god that you sacrifice your children to. He doesn't care if you call him Artemis, Baal, Molech, self, education, money, family, or career well-being. He doesn't care what title you give him because he understands that we will not be as gods. Yahweh will one day defeat him. And in the meantime, he will kill as many babies as he can to wound the heart of God and hurt the church and wreak havoc in the country and eat his favorite dinner, which is murdered babies. For he is a lion that prowls around looking for those to devour. And so the culture plays right into the hands of Satanists when we put up with or participate in abortion. The lawyers for the Satanic Temple also sent a letter to the FDA demanding that it grant the Satanic Temple access to dispense abortion drugs in Texas for use in, quote, sacramental settings. According to their demand letter, they said the Satanic Temple's membership uses these products, meaning abortion pills that kill babies and starve them to death in the womb, in a sacramental setting. The Satanic abortion ritual is a sacrament which surrounds and includes the abortive act. The letter states, it is designed to combat feelings of guilt, doubt, and shame, 
and to empower the member to assert or reassert power and control over their own mind and body. Are you awake yet? Do you see that this is an alternative religion? Peter Kreft once said, abortion is the demonic parody of the Eucharist. That's why it uses the same holy words, this is my body, but with the opposite blasphemous meaning. So the Satanic Temple says that the abortive ritual sacrament act is designed to combat feelings of guilt, doubt, and shame. Oh, you mean like shame and guilt, like over your sin, because you're fallen and you need a sacrifice on your behalf, the sinless unborn child deity, the God-man who entered human history in a womb, to provide that sacrifice as the only one who could in order to forgive our sins and show us the way back to eternity. Oh, you mean that sacrifice? No, 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 no. You, you mean murdering children in the same location that the Savior you reject entered human history in. Do you see it yet? Do you see it yet? Abortion is a substitute for eternal life. It's a substitute Savior. And of course, it is the ultimate and demonic attack on the Imago Dei. Christ knits himself together in Mary's womb, knits every baby together in their mother's womb, and not ironically, the culture of death targets their hatred for the Imago Dei and life itself in the very location that, that their hope entered human history in, Christ himself. Randy Alcorn makes this point phenomenally. He says, abortion is Satan's attempt to kill God in effigy by destroying the little ones created in God's image. We are not dealing here with a one more social issue, right? Stop being a single-issue voter. There's a lot of issues you should care about. Randy puts this perfectly. We're not dealing here with just one more social issue, but a unique and focused evil in which Satan has deep, vested interests, indeed. And the Satanic Temple is putting their cards out there quite clearly, aren't they? Yes, we're Satanists. Yes, abortion is a sacrament. And you need to protect it as our religious liberty. But this is not about religious liberty, right? This is about licentiousness that masquerades as liberty and freedom. And we shouldn't be surprised, right? Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11, no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising, then, if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Ah, yes, the euphemisms of the party of death that pitch their bigotry towards the preborn as just righteousness, righteous zeal, justice, equity, women's rights, feminism, equality, just stickers that they slap onto their bigotry to deceive the culture of the satanic ritual that they defend and demand that we allow them to participate in. This misunderstanding between liberty and licentiousness is basically at the root of nearly every political disagreement today. Because liberty is not the freedom to do whatever you want. Liberty is the freedom to do as you ought. But you see, ought implies a transcendent moral structure or standard. Ought implies that some things are right and some things are wrong. Some things you ought to do and some things you ought not to do. So liberty assumes this transcendent moral order. And when someone tries to defend the slaughter of innocent human beings by appealing to their liberty as these Satanists are doing, then you have a right and a duty to push back, to fight to stop their licentiousness from assaulting other people's life and liberty. 
Do you see what I mean? Your liberty ends where my natural rights begin. And when natural rights start with the right to life, then you can't secure any of your other rights. What natural right could be more fundamental than life itself? This is the misunderstanding between liberty and licentiousness and the confusion that leads to so much apathy in the culture and in the church because we've allowed the other side to define the terms of engagement. Oh, okay, the Democrat Party and the, the literally the satanic temple that are now working together are saying that abortion's just about their religious liberty. And you know, this is a country founded on religious liberty. We need to respect everyone's religious liberty. We can't assert our moral, political will on others by demanding that they not exercise certain uh, opinions or certain decisions. Yes, you can and you should. That's what liberty means. It's the wise restraints that make men free. So there have to be restraints for you to be truly free. Nobody thinks that the meth head or porn addict or sex addict is exercising their freedom and liberty. And man, aren't they just free? Aren't they just living in freedom? No, they're probably more in bondage than anyone else you know. We all understand this at a fundamental level. Edmund Burke put this perfectly, explaining liberty. He said, of all those loose terms in the world, liberty is the most indefinite. It is not solitary, unconnected, individual, selfish liberty, as if every man was to regulate the whole of his conduct by his own will. The liberty I mean is social freedom. It is a state of things in which liberty is secured by the equality of restraint. There's that word again. A constitution of things in which the liberty of no one man and no body of men and no number of men can find means to trespass on the liberty of any person or any description of persons in this society. This kind of liberty is indeed but another name for justice, ascertained by wise laws and secured by well-constructed institutions. Boy, have we fallen far from the Burkean idea of liberty that founded this country. And unless we retake that understanding of liberty and the pulpits and the shepherds, the counselors to the king in America rise up, and begin preaching the whole counsel of God and explaining what liberty is, whose idea it is, and what it means in the real world, then we may not be able to participate in the public square to fight for liberty anymore at all. And we're going to get to that in a little bit about how exactly the culture, the activist media, and the corporations are fighting back against life and liberty through an alternative political state the social media giants, the corporations, which sort of function as their own political regime. But the Biden administration is taking a page from the Satanists, and they're channeling their inner legion as well. Live Action News reporting on September 9th, Biden-Harris administration files lawsuit against Texas over pro-life law. Since the Supreme Court decided not to immediately block the law, pro-abortion legislators have been working overtime to find ways to stop the Heartbeat Act, including pushing to pass the Women's Health Protection Act which would codify Roe v. Wade into federal law. And I talked about the Women's Health Protection Act several months ago on the podcast. It's the most radical piece of federal pro-abortion legislation in American history. And want to know who was the co-sponsor of the first attempt to pass the Women's Health Protection Act? Kamala Harris, right? According to the Wall Street Journal, the Justice Department is expected to pursue the argument that the Heartbeat Act illegally interferes with federal Interests. Democrats on the House Judiciary Committee recently sent a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland. Remember, Merrick Garland was nearly a Supreme Court justice under Obama um, when Mitch McConnell 
um, held up the um, process, thankfully. And so Trump ended up being able to get uh, Neil Gorsuch as the appointment for his first appointment. Or was it Brett Kavanaugh? I forget the order. Uh, to, Brett Kavanaugh, I believe, to the Supreme Court. So they wrote to Merrick Garland, um, who's now the Attorney General, a frightening position indeed. He says, the Department of Justice cannot permit private individuals seeking to deprive women of the constitutional right to choose an abortion to escape scrutiny under existing federal law simply because they attempt to do so under the color of state law. And so suddenly, the Democrats in the House don't care that much about the federalist system. And yet when it's sanctuary cities for illegal immigrants, they love the federalist system and they support individual cities or states defying the federal government and their laws on immigration to um, allow illegal immigrants to flood the city or state in which they're flooding in order to get more prospective Democrat voters. But then when Texas appeals to federalism and local state power and control to protect the pre-born, the Democrats scream bloody murder. Have you seen it yet? Are you awake? It's as if they don't care about federal institutions, American institutions, or our political regime whatsoever, except when they can use those regimes and those offices to advance their political agenda. It's all about power. And abortion, of course, is the biggest representation of that. What could evidence power over others more than the act of killing innocent babies? Live Action News says Garland said on Monday that the Justice Department would, quote, protect those seeking to obtain or provide reproductive health care services using the freedom of access to clinic entrances, or FACE, a new bill they're pushing, which would allow federal law enforcement to act if an abortion business were to be, quote, under attack. What do they mean by under attack, right? I mean, that could mean sidewalk counselors. That could mean pro-lifers out there. Or it could mean the state of Texas, of course, preventing people from getting abortions. But Texas was very clear that they weren't going to be enforcing the abortion ban. Rather, it would be private citizens who have been deputized to file lawsuits against individuals who arrange an abortion, who participate in an abortion, or who perform the abortion in the abortion center. But the woman would not be prosecuted. It would be the abortionist, the staff who helped at the abortion center, or the man who pays for it, or the cousin who drives the woman to get an abortion. So what do they mean by abortion centers under attack? Well, that's so broad, it probably just means that women feel pressure to not get an abortion because they don't want their boyfriend or husband to get sued for playing a role in the abortion. And so what Merrick Garland is saying here is that they're going to consider sending in federal troopers to protect women's right to kill their own offspring. Wow, they're pretty angry that more babies will now be allowed to live in the state of Texas because abortion is not just one right among many for the culture and party of death. It is the prerequisite right that they must protect in order to pull off their political regime. While I say the right to life is the most fundamental right, and if you don't get the right to life right, you won't get any other rights right, the culture of death says if we don't get the right to abortion right, we won't be able to push or secure any of our other rights, which are not rights, but they're things that we really want. And so we conveniently label them a right in order to demand them of the government. Biden, for his part, refuses to follow the science and just said that he does not believe that human life begins at conception, contradicting Joe Biden circa 2012 and Joe Biden circa 2015. Once again, they change their positions like Dr. Fauci more times than the Kama Sutra in order to obtain 
political power and to assert that political power on you, namely on the preborn child, um, who are currently escaping dismemberment in the state of Texas, and nothing causes the left to scream bloody murder and echo their inner demons more than when babies are allowed to live and their appetite for human children is decreased or rationed because eternal souls are now going to be born and live. And these are children that Joe Biden, well, he probably won't live too much longer, the party of death, the politicians will one day have to look at and say, you were supposed to be dead. You only survived because of pro-lifers. Um, but don't worry, I was exercising political power to protect your right to abortion in the womb, but not your right to life. Biden here in 2012 says that he does believe life begins at conception. I want to play you a couple clips to show you how he has flip-flopped, either due to his dementia, but more likely due to his long tendency to lick his finger, stick it up in the air, and see which way the wind is blowing. And if he can appeal to his Catholicism and the, the science of life beginning at conception in order to receive political accolades, political favor, and political capital, he will do so. But if it goes against that, then he'll, he'll flip um, quicker than a fish out of water. So here's Biden 2012 saying life does begin at conception. With regard to abortion, I accept my church's position on abortion as a, what we call de fide doctrine. Life begins at conception, that's the church's judgment. I accept it in my personal life. But I refuse to impose it on equally devout Christians and Muslims and Jews. And uh, I just refuse to impose that on others, unlike my friend here, the, the congressman. Uh, I, uh, I do not believe that, um, uh, that we have a right to tell other people that women, they, they can't control their body. It's a decision between them and their doctor. In my view, in the Supreme Court, I'm not going to interfere with that. I believe that was from the 2012 vice presidential debates before Barack Obama succeeded in getting reelected. Notice Biden says, I'm not going to tell women what they can or cannot do with their own body, even though he just said life begins at conception, which would insinuate that that's a different body in her womb, so it's not her body, so you're not telling her she can't control that she can't control her own body, and you support women's right to control their own body, does that include preborn women's bodily autonomy in the uterus? <laughs> the questions that you'll never hear directed towards the current political regime because the journalists are just journalistic prostitutes of the culture of death. Here's Biden in 2015 saying the same thing once again, that he's prepared to accept that the moment of conception there's a human life and being. Equally is committed to uh, the sanctity of life, and uh, I'm prepared to accept that the moment of conception is human life and being. But I'm not, pre I'm not prepared to say that to other God-fearing, non-God-fearing people that have a different view. So that's Biden in 2015 with an interview with the American Jesuit Review, um, which has long sort of supported um, Democrats and this sort of personally pro-life ideal. I'm personally pro-life, but we shouldn't enforce it on others. So there he is again saying, I'm prepared to accept that the moment of conception, there's a human life and human being. But I'm not going to tell others they can't kill their own children. And we're going to get to that in a second. But here is Biden flip-flopping just last week in 2021 in his current dementia state saying that he respects the opinions of others, but he doesn't believe that life begins at conception. Play tape. Andrew, I respect people who think that, who don't support Roe v. Wade. I respect their views. 
I respect them, they, those who believe life begins at the moment of conception and all. I, I respect that. Don't agree, but I respect that. I'm not going to impose that on people. Very interesting. So in 2012 and 2015, Joe Biden says he won't impose his belief that life begins at conception on those who disagree. Of course, he's referring to women who want abortions. He's saying, I won't enforce my belief that I believe there's a human being in your womb, an individual human being. I won't enforce that belief by saying you shouldn't kill that individual human being. But in 2021, Biden says that he does not believe that life begins at conception, but he won't impose that belief on people, meaning what? Meaning pro-lifers. So now he's saying, I don't believe that life begins at conception. He says that I respect people who believe that life begins at the moment of conception, don't agree, but I respect that. So what happened, Biden? Did the science change, or are you refusing to follow the science, <laughs> right? The overused terms and euphemisms and lexicon of the left, because for the left, words and language are just a way to pull off their political regime. And if they can redefine words and redefine language to mean something that the words don't mean, then it's easier to disguise their political agenda and convince people that what they're doing is really just compassionate. This is the false compassion of the culture of death. Nearly every policy to put, uh, position pushed by the left in the Democrat Party today is done so under the guise of false compassion. And nowhere is that more true than the issue of abortion, which calls it women's equality, reproductive justice, and health care. But what you're really talking about is tearing the limbs off of a little baby in the womb and calling it reproductive health care. But did anyone catch the lie here? Did anyone catch Biden's lie when he says, I don't believe anymore that life begins at conception, but I won't impose that on people. If you don't believe that life begins at conception and you are pro-choice, as Biden is, then you are necessarily imposing that position on pre-born people. You're imposing your belief that life doesn't begin at conception by murdering the very real human beings in their mother's womb as you tell yourself, it's not a human being. Monkeys see no evil, right? It's not a human being. It's not a real life. But you are imposing that position on real people, pre-born people. You are imposing your position in probably the most violent way imaginable by murdering someone to whom you have denied personhood and the right to life. But Biden is also imposing his beliefs that life doesn't begin at conception on pro-lifers. Of course he is. Of course this regime and administration is imposing their anti-science view on abortion on pro-lifers, who they tell must fund abortion with their tax dollars, both here and abroad and overseas, who tell them that they must fund their fund fetal tissue research by chopping up recently aborted babies and, and, and obtaining their organs for harvesting to perform experiments, to perform, to create uh, medicinal treatments for those of us who are born, um, and to give our organs to other people who need them. They insist that, that pro-lifers be coerced into performing abortions, because four or five episodes ago, I just told you that the Biden administration dropped a lawsuit against a Vermont hospital, even though they pressured a pro-life nurse and Catholic to assist with an abortion, and the doctor told the Catholic pro-life nurse that if she didn't assist with the abortion, he was going to fire her. And this was one of the most clear-cut cases of conscience violations in American history, and the Biden Justice Department just dropped the lawsuit against that hospital. So what are they saying? If you disagree and don't want to assist with abortions, tough. We're going to coerce you to assist with abortions upon threat of career termination. Uh, does that sound like he's imposing his beliefs that life doesn't begin at conception on pro-lifers? Of course. And they're suing Texas to stop them from saving babies. They're imposing their anti-science life doesn't begin at 
conception position on pro-lifers. But let's debunk this silly, stupid idea, right, that Joe Biden is taking here and which he's taken for a long time, which says, I'm personally pro-life, but I won't tell others they can't kill their children. Of course, now he's saying he doesn't believe that life begins at conception. But for the majority of Joe Biden's entire political career, he said that he was personally pro-life. He said he accepted the science that life begins at the moment of conception, but he wanted to allow other people to decide if they were going to kill their children. But you hear this all the time with people you know, right? I'm personally pro-life. I wouldn't kill my own unborn offspring if I was pregnant. And if I'm a mom, I wouldn't want my daughter to kill her own child, my grandchild, because we're personally pro-life in our family, but we still vote for Biden. Hence that group, remember, pro-life evangelicals for Biden. Because Democrat policies decrease abortions a little bit, maybe, I don't really know, but that's a good thing, so let's vote for Democrats. That's what real pro-lifers do, because I won't be a single-issue voter. I can't elevate genocide as a more morally important issue over universal health care and universal basic income and poverty programs. And of course, the war on poverty was one of the most expensive programs the federal government ever, pulled, ever tried, and it didn't really solve anything. But that, see, abortion, it's not more important than any of those other issues. And so just go to the polls and, you know, vote for Democrats because they're really good on those other life issues, which we pitch under the veil of false compassion. Um, and we murder babies at the tune of a million a year. And that's why you should vote for Democrats because that's what real, real pro-lifers do. That's the pitch, right? That's the personally pro-life pitch. The question for personally pro-life people is this. Why are you personally pro-life? Why? Most people will tell you, and I, I know these people, I have friends who are personally pro-life but vote for pro-abortion Democrats, and they say, well, I, I, I believe it's a human being, right? They quote, they quote Biden. I, I believe it's a human being and abortion kills that baby. What? Can I repeat back to you what you just told me? You just said that you're pro-life because you believe abortion kills a human being and an innocent baby, but you believe that other people should have the right to kill their own innocent human babies? Huh? And if you put it that way, intellectually honest pro-lifers, alleged pro-lifers, will kind of go, ooh, I don't really like it that you put it that way. In fact, I had conversations with former peers at Westmont College while I was a student, and I put that question to them that way. And they got visibly uncomfortable. Yes, see, because I'm exposing your false compassion. I'm exposing your soft bigotry. And it's uncomfortable when you come to terms with the fact that you're defending genocide under the euphemisms of an alternative satanic religion that calls that a sacrament, a religious ritual, and just reproductive health care. And of course, the slavery activists also defended slavery under very similar language. If you know your history, you'll know that Stephen Douglas, who ran against Abraham Lincoln for the 1860 presidential race, was personally against slavery. And if you listen to the Lincoln-Douglas debates, some of the most famous political debates in American history, which went on for hours and hours and hours and hours, Stephen Douglas made this case. He made the case that he was personally opposed to slavery, but he supported, quote, each state's right to vote it up or down, end quote. Go look it up. That's what Stephen Douglas wrote and said. Supported each state's right to vote it up or down. So what's he saying? I would never buy a black man and treat him like cattle. I'm personally against slavery, but each state or person, they need to be allowed to decide that for themselves. Ah, yes, the radical, bigoted Democrats once again appealing to federalism. If that state wants to ban it, that's fine. And if this state doesn't, that's fine too, right? If this state wants to protect illegal immigrants and violate federal law, that's okay. And if this state doesn't, that's okay too. But now, of course, they flipped and they're not respecting Texas's federalist uh, system of government and state rights to ban abortion because they don't care about these American institutions. They just want to wield them for political power. But 
anyone who makes that argument today would be treated as a virulent, virulent, virulent racist and excised from polite society, and rightly so. If someone said, I'm personally opposed to slavery, but I'm going to legislate and campaign for my neighbor's right to buy slave, I'm personally against spousal abuse, and I would never beat my wife. But you know what? Spousal abuse needs to remain legal, and each state should have the right to vote spousal abuse up or down. <laughs> no one would make that case. And so these personally pro-life individuals are not really pro-life at all, are they? Because they deny legal protections to the pre-born and believe that it, killing those innocent human beings should remain legal while they won't do that in their own personal life. Abortions for thee, but not for me. When you find yourself on the same side as the Satanists, working tirelessly to protect the sacrament of abortion, maybe you should re-examine your spiritual life and priorities. For all human conflict, to quote Cardinal Manning, is ultimately theological. We're dealing with a difference in ultimate questions about spirituality, theology, and salvation itself. The left seeks salvation and liberation and freedom through the sacrament of abortion. And Christians seek liberation, freedom, and salvation through the sacrament, through the body and blood of Christ broken and poured out for the remission of sins and eternal life. Ironically, that Savior who entered human history in a womb, the very location that is the most dangerous for a human being to find themselves in America in 2021 today. We're going to get to more of how other states are fighting back and what this says about the country. But first, if you like this show and want to hear more great content and commentary from the front lines of the abortion wars and the pro-life movement, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash unaborted and become a patron of the show. Check, our, check out our fun tiers and perks like pro-life apologist, sassy since conception, my favorite, which will get you into a once a month video call with me and other patrons at 35 a month. And there's plenty of other fun ones there as well if you'd like to join and support the show, increase our production value, our studio, number of episodes, Episodes, guests that we can bring on the show, as well as future content on the streets, filming conversational content, applying the ideas we talk about in the show in a conversational format to change minds, change hearts, save lives, and present those conversations in the digital marketplace of ideas, as long as I can fly under the technocrats at YouTube and Google. Thanks so much for supporting the show. We'll be right back with a whole lot more. So South Dakota is fighting back against the culture of death. Christy Nome, who I've had a lot of critiques of recently because she refused to sign a bill that her representatives and legislature wanted her to sign, which would have banned men who say they're women from competing against female collegiate athletes. And she's shown some real cowardice recently, is now showing some courage, and I'm grateful for that. Live Action News on September 9th reports that Nome issues executive order regarding abortion pill. South Dakota Governor Christy Nome issued an executive order on Tuesday to regulate the distribution of the abortion pill, a preemptive move to prevent the Biden administration from, following, from allowing mail-order abortion pill distribution in the state. She made it clear that the distribution of the abortion pill must follow the state law, requiring an in-person consultation with an abortion provider. Now, we've talked about this on the show. If you've listened for some time, you'll know that the abortion rights groups sued the um, federal government uh, during the pandemic by arguing that they needed to lift the FDA safety regulations on the abortion pill, which at the time required people 
to get the abortion pill after an in-person evaluation with a clinician in order to make sure she didn't have an ectopic pregnancy and to make sure that she was under 10 weeks along and her baby was less than 10 weeks old because the abortion pill can't be taken past 10 weeks, okay? So these regulations from the FDA, who's radically pro-abortion, wasn't put in place to protect the pre-born. They were put in place to protect women and their health. And the abortion industry, they say, screw that, compromise and endanger the, the health of women by getting rid of the in-person evaluations which protect their health, and let's move to mail-order murder, mail-order abortions, snail mail abortions, where you can get the abortion pill after a Skype call with some random abortionist in the country and have the abortion pill sent to your mailbox. No way to protect those children within the pro-life movement except through legislation that bans it. Yes, obtaining political power and using it assertively for righteousness and to restrain evil. And that's what Christy Nome is doing here. She says they are working right now to make it easier to end the life of an unborn child via telemedicine abortion. That's snail mail abortion pills. That is not going to happen in South Dakota, says Christy Nome. The executive order would not ban the use of the abortion-inducing drug regimen, but it would ensure women would, women would receive medical supervision before obtaining it. The law would also ensure the dangerous abortion drugs are not administered at schools or on state property, like they're pushing to do in California, and would require licenses for any facilities that prescribe the abortion pill. Finally, it would improve the required reporting of abortion complications from the abortion pill. Yes, one of the reasons why the abortion industry claims that the abortion pill is so safe. In fact, Cecile Richards, the former president of Planned Parenthood, wrote a piece in the LA Times, I believe in 2015 or 16, where she said the abortion pill is safer than Tylenol. A bunch of BS lies and baloney, but the reason they can get away with that is because they can point to the reporting of abortion complications, which don't look that bad, of the abortion pill. But why? Well, because the complications of the abortion pill are, are, are usually not reported to the FDA at all. Because when women have complications, they usually don't go back to the abortion provider. They usually go to a doctor, right, or to a primary care physician. And so those complications are not reported to the entity responsible for collecting those um, uh, um, adverse events reports. And so we really don't have good numbers on exactly how dangerous the abortion pill is. But the pro-life um, um, group uh, the, uh, that fights the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists, the, the pro-life obstetrics and gynecologist group, I'm forgetting the huge acronym right now, they've actually compiled a lot of the, the adverse events and complications from the abortion pill. And it, the abortion pill is probably about four times as dangerous for a woman than a surgical abortion, something you'll never hear from the abortion industry. So this is a good move from Christy Nome in South Dakota. They're fighting back. They're recognizing that this is a propitious moment. This is a Kairos moment for the country. We need to fight. We can't simply talk about how we're personally pro-life and we're not going to kill our own babies. We need to actually obtain political power and wield it effectively for righteousness to protect the pre-born. Um, I think that Christy Nome and many members of the conservative movement are starting to recognize that it's time to fight. The, the, these old GOP talking points of, you know, you can have abortions, just don't make me pay for it, right? Or you can get abortions, just don't push it on young children. But let, we'll leave it legal, okay? We'll maintain the status quo. Um, that is not only wicked because you're allowing evil, but if we don't begin contending in a serious manner to stop abortion, we may not have a functioning free society anymore. And this is something Frederick Douglass understood. Frederick Douglass, the abolitionist, 
who had a phenomenal speech, an essay called What to the Slave is the Fourth of July? And in that piece, he argued that the debate intellectually over slavery was over, that the other side really didn't have any arguments for slavery, but abolitionists were still losing the fight over the abolition of slavery. And here's what he said in his essay and speech. He said, it is not light that is needed, but fire. It is not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. The feeling of the nation must be quickened. The conscience of the nation must be roused. The propriety of the nation must be startled. The hypocrisy of the nation must be exposed. And its crimes against God and man must be proclaimed and announced. Douglas is saying that the practice of slavery wasn't being upheld by the force of rational arguments, but rather what was needed was a battle for the conscience of the nation. We're in that battle now. We have been in that battle for nearly 50 years of legalized abortion, but that battle is coming to a peak. It's coming to a breaking point where either we will likely move towards a position of civil war in this country, or we will outlaw abortion and we will win. We will assert our righteous political power to protect the pre-born. You're seeing that from Merrick Garland, who I just told you is saying, we might need to send federal troopers into Texas to make sure that women are not prevented from killing their own pre-born children. Are you awake yet? Do you see it? It is not the gentle shower that is needed, but fire, but earthquake. The feelings and conscience of the nation must be roused. In other words, fight, fight, fight. Talking about the ideas is not enough if you're not willing to engage and actually resist the culture of death. And of course, corporate America and the activist media do just that. They resist the culture of life. They treat us as heretics of their alternative religion, and they want to throw us into their utter darkness, where there is also weeping and gnashing of teeth. They want to excise any heretics of their theocracy. Daily Wire, September 6, reports that the CEO of video game developer supports Texas pro-life law, and now he's out from the company. This man tweeted the following. He said, I'm proud of U.S. Supreme Court affirming the Texas law banning abortion for babies with a heartbeat. John Gibson, CEO of Tripwire Interactive, tweeted on Saturday. As an entertainer, I don't get political often, yet with so many vocal peers on the other side of this issue, I felt it was important to go on the record as a pro-life game developer. Well, guess what happened? Well, Tripwire Interactive released a statement on Monday evening saying that Gibson was out, effective immediately because of the comments that he made. The statement claimed that he, quote, stepped down, but it's very clear what happened. They continue and say, the comments given by John Gibson are of his own opinion and do not reflect those of Tripwire Interactive as a company. The company said, his comments disregarded the values of our whole team, our partners, and much of our broader community. Our leadership team at Tripwire are deeply sorry and are unified in our commitment to take swift action and to foster a more positive environment. Yes, the positive environment that protects the right to kill babies in the womb. And we will treat any pro-lifers who, who defend the right to life of the child as a heretic of our regime. You see, nothing animates the culture of death and the left writ large more than when abortion is compromised. And they will rally together and unite, even amongst those that they don't agree on much, in order to protect that sacrament. And they will team up with Satanists and the Democrat Party, who for all intents and purposes does worship at the feet of Satan when they partner with abortion. But it gets worse. National Review writing on September 4th, GoDaddy shuts down Texas pro-life group abortion tracking website. I mentioned this in last Monday's episode. 
that the Texas Right to Life group started a pro-life whistleblower web website for Texans who are deputized to file civil lawsuits against people participating in abortion to report instances of when people are seeking out an abortion so that the people can assert their political will to protect the preborn in Texas. Well, GoDaddy said, yeah, we're not hosting that website, and they pulled it. Web hosting service GoDaddy announced Friday that it would no longer host an abortion tracking website created by Texas Right to Life to help enforce the state's ban on abortions after a fetal heartbeat can be detected. The company said in a statement Friday that it notified ProLifeWhistleblower.com that it was in violation of the service's terms of service and therefore had 24 hours to change providers, according to CNBC. Texas Right to Life is looking for somewhere else to host their website so that we can actually assert that individual private citizen power and right to protect the preborn in Texas. But do you see the move? Do you see how the other side is often more passionate and animated and activated and engaged to defend the sacrament of abortion than pro-lifers and Christians are to defend the literal life of the preborn in a location that their savior entered human history in? Why won't we do for good what the other side will so passionately do for evil? But of course, the activist media continues to ramp up their attacks against pro-lifers and Christians who want to protect the preborn in Texas, because for the left, the pro-lifer is simply a heretic of their regime. And of course, the activist media are just the journalistic prostitutes of the culture and party of death. Al Sharpton on MSNBC had guest Jill Colleen Jefferson on. She's a civil rights attorney. Of course, she doesn't support civil rights for the preborn. And they compared pro-lifers to suicide bombers. Here's what she said. Having the right to an abortion is a constitutional right. It's grounded in the right to privacy. I found it really interesting that part of this argument is the argument that the right to an abortion is not explicitly listed in the Constitution. But you know what? Neither is the right to bear arms. <laughs> the way they interpret the law is the interpretation of a constitutional provision, the Second Amendment. No, the Second Amendment right is literally in the Constitution. The right to bear arms shall not be infringed. But then she added, what it reminds me of, quite honestly, is a suicide bomber. Someone who feels they have the right, the moral duty to mess up somebody life, else's life for the greater Good. So you pro-lifer, you're like a suicide bomber, you see? Just like they said, MSNBC said last week that you're like uh, the Taliban because you want to oppress women. And now you're like a suicide bomber because you want to blow up people's lives. Well, if bombs blow up innocent human beings and leave their limbs dismembered all over the street, then what does abortion do except leave the limbs of the child all over the table through an abortion? Uh, yeah, something tells me once again that comparison really only goes one way, right back to the culture and party of death. But listen, if pro-lifers are like suicide bombers in the Taliban, then why would the culture of death and the party of death have any problem treating us as such? Huh? Are you awake? Do you see it now? There is no end to the lengths they're willing to go to dehumanize their political opponents. If they're going to dehumanize the pre-born by murdering them and calling them a non-person, why would they hesitate to dehumanize conservatives and pro-lifers by comparing us to the Taliban and suicide bombers? And if we are the moral equivalent of suicide bombers, eventually we'll be treated as such, huh? Yes, exactly. The freedoms that you refuse to stand up and protect today, the freedoms and rights that you surrender today, will be the freedoms your grandchildren never knew existed. And and we will have a completely different political regime in society that does literally physically persecute Christians and pro-lifers who want real religious liberty, right? The right to do as they ought, not the right to do whatever they want. But when this alternative religious battle masquerades as politics 
and the culture becomes more and more divided, we begin to recognize that this is not just a political disagreement. This is a disagreement over life itself, over the country itself over where these rights come from. And the demons of the abortion industry recognize that as babies are protected in Texas, their daily meal of babies is being denied to them and they are starving and the abortion industry will act as such. The demons are screaming as their daily meal of babies is being decreased. Worried that they would starve from having their daily meal of babies taken away, the demons of the abortion industry were gorging themselves on abortions the day before the Texas pro-life law went into effect. This 80-year-old abortionist demon at Whole Woman's Health in Texas literally slaughtered 67 babies in 17 hours. An 80-year-old creepy demon abortionist, who probably does have a demon in him, murdered 67 babies in 17 hours in order to get all of these abortions done before the Texas law went into effect. Live Action News reporting that at that rate, Whole Woman's Health was rushing women through abortions every 15 minutes, an abortion assembly line. Yes, this is child sacrifice to pagan gods. Marva Sadler, the director of clinical services, said that they committed the rapid abortions with just eight people on staff, rushing so they could complete the abortions before the Texas restriction on abortions a detectable heartbeat took effect. We are not the bad guys here, she said, and told her staff. We are doing everything right, and we're doing everything we can to help everyone we can. If there's someone that we can't help, it's not our fault. You see, a, a attack against innocent human beings by people who believe they're doing the righteous thing is probably the most dangerous type of political regime. For as C.S. Lewis says, these people assault others with the approval of their own conscience. They don't believe they're doing something wicked and evil. They believe they're doing something that's a social good. And they'll be that much more willing to defend it because they believe it's a social good. It's a sacrament. It's a right. And physicians are freaking out that women won't be able to kill their babies because this is a demonic religion. Dara Cass, an MD and physician and abortion activist, tweeted the following when Texas said that more babies would be born in their state. She said, get on birth control now. Any form that is reliable, oral contraceptives, NuvaRing, Noraplan, IUD, something now. Use condoms with the birth control every single time. No exceptions. Take a pregnancy test every four and a half to five weeks. Buy a bunch now. Get them in bulk and get comfortable taking them. This may feel redundant if you were on birth control, but time is of the essence with this law. Knowledge is your only power. If you find out you are pregnant and do not want to be, you have very little time to do it. Do not shut down. This will be hard, but you can't delay. Call me. We will figure this out together. This is what demons sound like. Give me your babies. Feed me now. Give them to me. And of course, this woman is admitting that the culture of death does use abortion as birth control, huh? Because she's saying now that you don't have abortion in Texas, probably from before you know you're pregnant, you need to, you need to get on crazy amounts of birth control. Go. Don't get pregnant. Go. Because she's admitting that, yeah, we kind of use abortion as birth control. And when we don't have it as birth control, we need to ramp up other types of birth control in order to make sure that we don't get pregnant. God forbid that we become a mother. And if you have that baby, call me. Oh, if you need that abortion and you're in Texas, call me. I'll help you kill this baby. This is what demons sound like. Our divide runs far deeper than politics, friends. All human conflict is ultimately theological because we're a religious people and we crave religious answers to fundamentally religious questions. Where does man and woman come from? 
Where do our rights come from? What does human flourishing look like? Why am I depressed and sad every time I fulfill my sexual urges and I end up depressed? How do we secure peace? How can I be ultimately happy? What if I have a right and you have a right and they contradict? Who's right? What, what is truth? Where does truth come from? These are fundamentally eternal and religious questions because we come from God. And so there's a God-shaped hole in everyone's heart. Or as scripture says, eternity is written on the heart of man. So abortion is just our culture's attempt to secure peace and eternal life to satisfy eternal religious longings. But they all do it without Christ and the cross. And honest atheists have admitted that they have these fundamental eternal religious longings that they can't seem to satisfy because they're turning to all the wrong places. And we'll close with this. Bertrand Russell, who's a famous atheist writer, admitted this quite honestly in a letter he wrote to a friend in 1916. Here's what he said. He said, the center of me is always and eternally a terrible pain, a searching for something beyond what the world contains, something transfigured and infinite, the beatific vision, God. I do not find it, though. I do not think it is to be found, but the love of it is my life. It is the actual spring of life within me. You see, like Bertrand Russell, the culture of death is craving eternal peace. They're craving salvation. They're craving the infinite, the beatific vision. They're craving God, who, like Bertrand Russell, they said, I do not think is to be found, but the love of that eternality is the actual wellspring of life within me. Eternity is written on the heart of man. Abortion is the demonic parody of the Eucharist because it also sheds innocent blood and breaks innocent bodies in order to pursue peace, shed blood in order to live forever and treat ourselves as our own gods. But this is simply just idolatry and it's our attempt to deify ourselves into modern gods who get to decide who lives and who dies. But those actions will be punished. We will be judged by the creator of the universe for all things done, whether good or bad. This is an opportunity for the church and the pro-life movement and Christians to remind the culture of death who is screaming demonic liturgies when their right to abortion is compromised that your eternal longings are right longings, but you have inverted them and searched for peace in all the wrong places. We have a better solution found in the womb of Mary, found in the uterus that you're so intent on attacking and slaughtering babies in. This is our moment. This is our Kairos moment. Will you wake up? And will you share this with your woke pastor in church to recognize that the freedoms and rights that we surrender today will be freedoms and rights that our grandchildren never knew existed, and they will not be able to participate in a free America in order to restore protections to the pre-born, because they, like the mainstream media and the corporate America are treating them, will be heretics of an alternative demonic religion, and they will be treated as such. It's time to stand. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. We'll